0: that she loves me, nigga can't help but to touch, smack it around a bit, and sip on some bubbly, hope I'm not doing too much, strange new addictions picked up on the road, changed my opinions and changed all my flows. Change my approach, no more love in these hoes. And when it rains, it pours, yeah. You make me feel so primal and that's what I am. I am just a man. Take that, drop it in my lap. Oh, I love it when you move like that, yeah. Now turn around and throw it back, hey. It back, oh, it back,
1: yeah. Welcome back to Cake and Kombucha. I am your host, Kalechi Azier, And Cake and Kombucha is a place where we talk about the cake, which is reality TV, silly memes, jaguar selfies, Me just being enraged that people can't figure out what's my first name and what's my last name. And the kombucha is where we dive into more serious topics like politics, what have you. There's a lot of politics to get into because we're living in the end of days. So, yeah, I mean, that's basically it. If you're new, you've come to the right place. This is our 17th episode. Sometimes I make sounds with my mouth instead of real sound effects. Sometimes I use real sound effects. Get with it. We like to switch it up because you don't know what's going to happen next. Hey! So, I always like to start the show off with a little bit of music. That was one of my favorite new artists of late, the great Daniel Caesar, Daniel Caesar from Toronto. Um, I like, he does, I mean, he's a beautiful voice, his melodies are on point. He has these haunting, ratchet lyrics that will be on top of sensual beats and if you think about it really what is a better like motif for this show cake and kombucha than ratchet lyrics over sensual beats basically daniel caesar is cake and kombucha think about that for
0: a minute
1: think about it anyway before i get myself too excited let's get to the first story because it involves Daniel Caesar. So John Mayer has some sort of internet web show. I don't really know why. Um, So Dave Chappelle was a guest and Daniel Caesar was a guest. Dave Chappelle is wasted, which is not unusual for Dave Chappelle. But he started talking about how he felt jealous that Daniel Caesar was there because he assumed that he was John Mayer's only black friend. Now, this is not a... Unfounded assumption It's it's not You're not really far off base Remember John Mayer is a person Who had that interview Years ago Where he said His penis was racist He should be able To say the N-word Like He said something like His penis was racist But he only wanted to sleep With like you know, Some black woman Like Halle Berry or something and it's like I don't know What made you think Black women want to sleep with you But okay Then He also Yeah said he should be able To say the N-word He Thoroughly disrespected Jessica Simpson, another white queen. I won't stand for that. I won't stand for that. She keeps the girls dressed. She thought buffalo wings came from a buffalo. And she sang, and she would be in the studio in the 90s and early 2000s, and they would make her try to sound more breathy and take out the soul of her voice. Come on. Wh- who are you talking to like that? Anyway, so Dave Chappelle in his drunkenness goes, so... Or, you know, we have on the show Daniel Caesar, who's very gay. And it was just like, and then they started giggling. And then they got into some ridiculous debate about whether it was offensive or not. There's someone behind the camera that's trying to get them to apologize and be sensible. And then there's John Mayer, who starts saying, just hilariously, his interpretation was like, he was like, sometimes the gears in your head move super fast. And sometimes, you know, you know, the wrong thing comes out. And it's like, yeah, the gears in your head move fast and you say things that are in your head. So if it's, if it's in your head, then you'll say it. So why he thinks Daniel Caesar's he might have just thought Daniel Caesar was gay like that's cool but like at this point this has become a pattern with him like he's obsessed and I don't understand it. His last two stand-up episodes which I really did not like. Um I don't remember which if it was the first or the second one that was just Completely obsessed with trans people and it's like did you just crawl out from under some rock like you sound like you were born in 1967 the queers and the long hairs like it was very bizarre and I just was like and then they started doing the whole thing like I said it out of comedy he was drunk in the stand-up special he was drunk in the John Mayer webcast so it's not just comedy it's your actual thoughts and you're allowed to have them but like why are we just falling back on everything anyone blurts out like it's a carefully crafted joke? Like, even if you are a genius comedian, people work at that and they refine it, and not everything you say was meant to be a joke. You don't just get to say that it was a joke. Like, you're obsessed with people being gay. I don't know what Daniel Caesar did to you, whether he's gay or not. I could I could see easily see him being bi. He just seems like that type of fluid spirit, you know. He just seems like he's kind of like a... I could see him being um, pansexual. Like, he just seems like he's a lover, you know? Like, in love with the beings, the person. I don't care. These are just things I think about when I'm listening to his music. But, like, why are you obsessed and just giggling? Like, it's kindergarten. Like, if you have identified a gay person on the street and you announce that, that that is a joke, and then we should start laughing. It's just weird. I don't even think it's offensive anymore. I'm just like... How old are you? Aren't you, like, 50? Anyway. I'm not going to waste another minute. I know what's been on your mind. This story that has come out is outrageous. This college cheating scandal is such a unique combination of horrifying, galling, and yet unsurprising, and yet sort of shocking because... You know things go on, but you just can't put your exact finger on it. And like I've always suggested on this show and in my life, everything that seems a little bit unfair is much more unfair than it seems. It's like codified in law is unfair. It's like actually a rule, institutionally unfair. Things go deep with the way shit is skewed in our country. My rule for how I approach politics, you know, Everything like that, just from studying history in college and reading shit and books is like, it's probably worse than you think. Whatever looks sketchy is worse than you think. I think that's a good rule for life. And so we find ourselves with this college cheating scandal. So I'm going to give you the full rundown, which is that there is this dude William Rick Singer, who is now going to jail, he's guilty of racketeering, money laundering conspiracy, conspiracy to defraud the U.S. He had this college tutoring business. Started out sort of like a college tutoring business. Well, I don't know when it ever was legitimate. Let me not say that. But anyway, he he developed this reputation for being the go-to guy to get your kid into college. Now already. I feel like your kid should be the one to get your kid into college. So, that's we're already starting off on the wrong foot there. However, he had this business, he had all these wealthy clients. Now, he is busted because over 50 people who worked with him have now been charged in this college cheating scandal. People paid him, I think he amassed with this scandal like $25 million. And the really fun part is even after the FBI caught him and made him wear a wire, he still didn't cooperate. <laughs> he still, like, told his clients that he was wearing a wire. So there's, like, no bottom to, like, who he will lie to or double cross. Like, he can't even be trusted when you say, hey, do this for immunity. Like, he's, he's like, I'm sorry. Ah, I lied again. Can't help it. Sort of amazing. So to go over the kinds of things that he did to get people into college, people would have to make like a 500,000 donation to this fake charity that went to him. And so um, they would also do things like pay like straight bribes, bribe college coaches to say that your kid played a sport. In many cases, the kid did not play the sport at all. I'm talking extreme laziness. Like, you can't even just extrapolate off the talents you already have and be like, well, she took violin when she was five. Let's say she was in the orchestra. No. It's like me being like, I was a hockey goalie. What? Like, just bananas. So, Yale, the coach at Yale has been fired for accepting a $500 bribe, the soccer coach, for somebody that never played soccer. People were doing things like cutting off the heads of pictures. Like, oh, there's there's someone playing soccer who's an Asian girl. We need a picture of that. Cut off the head of your daughter. Put it on there. That I heard from um, the Daily, from the New York Times. Doctoring pictures. Then the part that was, ugh, I don't even know what's What's worse? Who knows what's what? So the other method, aside from the sports method, was straight up having someone take the SATs for your kid. Having them take the SATs. Like There was this dude who looked kind of young like a teenager, and he would have people go. Um, He would go and take the exam for your child. In some cases, the parents would just have the kids go to an exam that had a special proctor that was set up by this dude, Singer, and The proctor would then take the kid's exam and fix the answers. And the kid would not even know. They thought they did well in the test and they didn't. And we're going to get to that because it all... Comes full circle. It explains a lot about what I dealt with as my in my youth and my college days. Like so many things are becoming clear to me. Like, oh, you think you're good at stuff and you're not. Someone told you that you did. You and I can't really see any evidence that you have any skills to offer me. But you have this innate confidence and sense of belonging. Oh my God! Now I understand. It's so clear. So to the get to the most famous people who are involved, um, the internet's kind of going crazy because it included, you know, some of the ultra rich in our society who I don't even like, like, yes, if you're an actor, it's just so rare, like the 0.01% that can amass a lot of wealth, but because it's just this visible thing that you do and those people who really, really, really make it do get wealthy, um, those are the people that are like, it's kind of exciting and shocking to read about right now. And so that's what the media is running with. They're not running with people that don't already have a name. So one of the shocking people to come out of this is Aunt Becky from Full House, Lori Laughlin. She paid $500,000 for her daughters to, to be fake rowing recruits to get into USC. The tea on that is that One of her daughters is a YouTube celebrity that has 1.9 million followers already and has said on video, I don't really want to go to college. I mean, I don't really care about class or anything. I'm going to try to go to the games and I want to go to the parties and I'm going to go to as much of classes as I can just like to balance my vlogging. She has like endorsements. She has, I now understand like the type of person I went to school with that. Had a bed brought in to campus. Like I was just like I don't understand. Like it's a dorm. You the bed is there. But I remember people had like tempurpedic mattresses and like queen beds and shit. Like brought just grown woman stuff. Stuff that maybe I have a queen size bed now, but I didn't have one before I left the house. So congratulations to any of you guys if you did. Um, mine was definitely a twin and not even a twin XL until I was eighteen and left home. But. She has like her room set up and she's like a sponsor for all these different advertisements and stuff. It's just amazing how wealth begets wealth. So Lori Loughlin's husband is Mossimo Gianuli. Mossimo, like from Target. So these people are rich. They're extremely, extremely, extremely rich. And then I think I even found out that Laughlin comes from some other wealthy legacy even before. It's even making me side eye the people that make it like now on sitcoms and stuff like that. I'm just like, what are everyone's connections? Where are we all starting from? I mean, you know about nepotism and you know it's not a level playing field, but this goes so deep. So she was arrested. She was just arrested. She went to jail. She po. I mean, I don't want to go all the way to jail, but she posted a, a $1 million bail already, of course. The other famous person that everyone's talking about is Felicity Huffman. Felicity Huffman, you might... Well, I was looking at Wikipedia, and it was, like, mostly known for her role on Desperate Housewives, and eh, mostly known for going to jail. So she paid $15,000 so that her daughter could cheat on her SATs. And there's, like, recorded phone calls of, like, discussing, like, the proctor who was going to... The special proctor that was going to do the exam what kind of faith do these people have in their children like that's (sighs) so before I get into just like my thoughts on it uh what else do you need to know the schools involved included Stanford USC UCLA UCSD UT Austin Wake Forest Northeastern Boston University I mean it spanned the whole country lots of different types of schools like I guess is that like big 10 schools like sports schools California schools um You know, the one Ivy League school that I saw was Yale. I didn't see any other Ivy League schools. I kind of have a feeling that perhaps people... I don't know. I feel like you have to buy, like, an entire, like, lab. Like, I think we're talking, like, a billion dollars. Like, a library. I don't know. Perhaps they just... Most people are just priced out. But I still... You know, I went to school with lots of people who were named after the buildings around us. That's perfectly normal. So, yeah. I mean... Where do we even start? There's so much you can say about this. We all want the best for our kids, right? I know I do. I don't have any. But when they come, I want them to have the things. But first of all, it's just like morals, right? Like, I don't know. There's a ceiling somewhere. I, it never occurred to me that this was a thing that you should do for your child. Like, I was taught... Oh, a certain type of work ethic. I was taught to work hard. Like, my siblings, strangely enough, whatever you want to call it, we actually all went to Ivy League schools. Princeton, Harvard, Yale, um, Cornell, and then for grad school. Columbia, NYU, like, for law school and med school. Like, I, I don't know. People always ask me, how did you guys do it, blah, blah, blah. I mean, a lot of different things. And I have... Know that I have privileges, but I think when you're African-American, African, black, non-white, a minority, an oppressed minority, you're raised to be very aware of your privileges. You're not, I'm not walking around here thinking that I just came out of my own, you know, birthed myself and wiggled with my placenta connected to the library, like slithered down the street in in a an in a amniotic fluid. No, I know that my parents instilled certain things in me. My grandparents were... Educators, My mom's parents were across the street from us, like, challenged me to read a 100 books over the summer. I would get a Barbie doll if I got straight A's on my report card. Like, it was motivating, and I'm a little nerdy, and, you know, stuff worked out. They gave me great opportunities, and they gave me college guidance, which I realize a lot of people don't get. But I didn't get the college guidance that these hoes are getting. Like, I'm realizing after living in New York City, and I have friends that, like, run businesses that people are tutoring their kids from like kindergarten and it's all about getting into this certain college or whatever. And you know, when I see that Lori Laughlin paid five hundred thousand dollars for her daughters to get into USC as recruits, they dropped out by the way. They're actually one of them, the YouTube one is really despondent. And that's that's I feel bad because she's 19, you know? And that's another thing of when you pump people up with these false hopes and false ideas about themselves, and then they, what are you, what kind of resilience, what kind of self-awareness, what are you teaching them as their just foundation for their sense of self? Because when you take away other things like this, they're gonna fall apart. And I'm like, is, I hope the girl is gonna be okay because it's absolutely fricking mortifying in the most hormonal time of your life. Like That's not cool to do that to your kid. But back to, to from my childhood and my background, um, yeah, I had help. Like I had, you know, I had my aunt was a professor at Duke University, and she could read over my college app and be like, "Here's what I look for in an applicant," things like that. However, I remember my mom being like, "You don't play any sports, do a sport." I think in my heart, I was just like, "Look, I do musical theater." I'm gonna have to give the people, the people are gonna have to like what I give, they're gonna get what I give them, they're gonna get these music clubs, they're gonna get this, they're gonna get this select choir. That's that's what I have to offer. But she was like, you to be a well-rounded candidate, you should do, you know, so it's not that she wasn't like a little tiger mommy. She was, she's just not completely insane and a criminal. But like she said, do crew. Now, I took liking fashion as I always do, this as the opportunity. I was like, oh, I get to buy a unitard? Like, cool. And I think I went to like one, I was about to say rehearsal, y'all. You can tell that I don't like sports are not my thing. I mean, I love active stuff and I'm very competitive. I love a dodgeball. I love to beat people up with like soft, spongy things. Like, I love like a jungle gym type aggression but I'm not like team sports eh, not my thing so I think I went to one practice and that was it (laughs) I didn't I didn't do any further but the idea that you would not even try to play the sport and then say that you do it what do you like you can't even try you can't try a little bit I just I don't why do you feel entitled to have these things then? like, I want to know where you get to that point in your, in your thinking when you're just like, achievement means nothing. I don't have to work for this. I should just have it. And I, I don't know. I guess it really comes down to anything I can pay for, I should have. I guess you have to have a certain type of wealth to think that anything can be bought. And the gag is on us, because it can be bought, apparently. And it's being bought, it's been bought for years. Um, so I, I just, it's, it's, I'm not going to lie, however naive I sound, it's, I knew there were legacies, you know, I know there are rich people, I know there are Rockefellers at my school, and Firestones, and things like that. I know the people come from the Mayflower, and they got off, and their their great-great-grandfather was one of the first people at, at Princeton, or whatever, but I guess I just didn't realize the extent to which... People, the bribery did surprise me. Like the just plain bribery surprised me. And that's very sad, isn't it? It's sad that I'm used to a certain type of fake white people affirmative action, but not like the bribery one. And we're going to get into affirmative action because my, I was like, when I first heard the story, I was galled. I giggled because it's just like, sounds crazy. Like really you're arrested. But then I was just like, I was infuriated. I was infuriated because of everything that we have to go through as a black student in any school, but especially as a black student as an, at an elite school. My you know, timeline of my classmates and friends that I went to college with, the black, or who are like many of them black, is just completely going off. Like, I have always sensed that the affirmative action upset. it didn't make sense to me numerically, right? It didn't make sense how you decided these people, these mediocre bitches, like suing UT school system and stuff. It didn't make sense to me how you decided that this small cohort of people, this 7%, those are the ones that you should have gotten instead of not like everybody else. Like I didn't get it. I was like, but there are legacy students, but they're this, but they're, and, and in that 7%, Say you just want to attack the black people You don't actually know that they did worse than you You're just like assuming that Affirmative action helped them in some way Like I am A unique mix of a person who I'm not I get nervous when I do math on tests Like I'm good at statistics and stuff like that If you let me sit down in a classroom But for standardized testing I had average math scores I had like perfect English scores because I'm good at reading And writing is just what I like. I had, like, perfect history, perfect, you know, all the SA2 subject tests that I took. I did well in because they were the things that I'm good at. Again, I wasn't like, hey, mom, can we pay someone to do orgo and build spaceships for me and say I did it? No, I just took the things that I'm good at. And I'm nerdy and I sing and won a lot of music awards. I had an artistic talent that I was cultivating that maybe looked like I was serious like it for a career for whatever reason, that mix of stuff was interesting to the school that I got into. Now, my background from like elementary school to high school was that I was always a top student in class and I went to like a five through 12 um, situation. Like, well, yeah, five through 12 for middle school through high school. And then like elementary school was a feeder school that led to that same school. So I went to school with the same group of people pretty much. And I'm not bragging. I'm just telling, like, where has this gotten me today? I'm doing a guerrilla podcast and, you know, living in a a first floor jungle gym of an apartment. So I'm not bragging. I'm just saying this is what it was. So I'm sorry, I have a cold. So I was at the top of my class, pretty much got straight A's all through high school. I had teachers sit students next to me periodically and be like, can you be a good influence on this guy? Eventually, I would just have a crush on him and be acting up and like just like him, and we'd both be in trouble. But more than once, teachers are sitting white boys next to me so that I can help them in AP statistics. At least one dude, my math teacher sat him next to me for all year so that he could be, I could be a good influence on him and like help him out. And do you know... So this is senior year. Do you know that when I got no, I think he was a year older than me. So no, 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 yeah. So when I got into Princeton, then he told me, "Oh gosh, I wish I was a black woman." What? Oh, sir, I'm. But I'm tutoring you. Might that be the reason that I? So you. So I'm smart enough to tutor you, but I'm not smart enough to get into my own merits. So if you're not smart enough to get through class without me tutoring you, and I'm not, and when I say smart, obviously, like, intelligence is measured all kinds of ways. You know what I mean. I'm using it as shorthand. I was, I was gobsmacked. So once I saw how certain people turned on me, once I got into, like, literally, you can How are you going to malign me for 10-plus years as a nerd? Kalachi, what did you get in your test? Oh, you're always getting perfect grades. Oh, oh, like you probably don't like to go out. You don't like to do this. You don't like to do this. Little do they know, the gag is, me and my one friend who's a black girl in my class, we were the only black girls that did the international baccalaureate program at our middle school through high school. IB is like AP, but it's a degree program, a special high school degree that allegedly is, like, good through Europe. I don't know. I've never tested it. How, how, what would I need it for? I don't know. So she got into Harvard. And, I mean, we were, like, took our IB test, knew what colleges we were getting into, living our best lives, going to the club, like, the 18 and, the 18 and over club all the time, just cutting class, not going to school. But then everyone's like, you no, you're probably not fun. Do you just study all the time? No. No, high school wasn't hard for me. It just wasn't. College was much more challenging. But again, I'm a strategic type bitch. I take things that I'm good at. I was like, oof, oof. This is rough. This, this is not. This is not what I'm. The A's aren't just coming easy. Let me, let me find a department where I read things and I write things. And let me stay there. And that's what I did. But it was just so interesting. Like how and it's that duality of blackness, right? Like it's being seen but not seen that you can know me for since we were in first grade and can have this healthy competition because I was kind of a cocky little kid. I I was it was just such a wonderful time, like before puberty. Before the male gaze is upon you, before you have all these other things you're judging yourself by, I was just like, I don't know. Like, mom and dad told me I'm the shit, so I guess, I, I guess I'm guess i the shit. Like, I would be, like, competing with the Asian kids in my piano school. I'll be like, well, I play a piano piece of minus 15 pages. <laughs> like, I, that was me. I don't know what to tell you. I'm just I'm just telling you my truth. So... How interesting that I can be this person for all these years And then suddenly when I get into school Which would seem to be the trajectory that I was kind of on, right? When I get into a certain school that's known for high academic caliber And I've had high academics all this time Then you tell me that it's because I'm black It's really interesting Seen but unseen Known me for your whole life but you don't know me now. Like, and that really just speaks to the sense that certain people think that things are meant for them. And when they, and I'm understanding now that that includes taking it. So I kind of feel like, and this is why I go back to the whole reparations conversation a lot. And I believe in affirmative action, because if we think we're going to get the same things by hard work, We're not because we're not playing on the same playing field like we are trying it's like we're in different dimensions like you're like oh if I focus and I work hard I'll get to here and this person is like I don't I never said anything about focusing and working hard I just said I'm going to have this because I deserve it I'm going to take everything and I'm going to use any means I can so it's it doesn't really matter how hard I study or how I not study I don't judge myself by the standards that I judge you because I know that I deserve to be here. You are the one that has to prove you're here. And my college experience was mild compared to my, some of my friends and even at the same school. I think I just happened to like ensconce myself in a, a quiet history department and kind of be unbothered. And even like my older sister who went to Yale. Happy birthday, by the way. Happy birthday, Chinure. It's her birthday today. Love you. I remember her telling us about affirmative action bake sales they had on campus where um, they'd have like brownies. And if you are a white man, it costs like $3. If you're a black woman, it costs a quarter. So this perverse obsession with the 7% of people that are in your school, the people of color, that you have convinced yourself are not supposed to be there. But it's such a small minority. And this has been my thing, like, If you go to an elite school, I think the percentages of black people are a little higher at public schools and state schools slightly. But it's kind of, they keep it kind of stable at like the Ivy League schools. It's like seven, eight, maybe gets up to 10 sometimes, but not always. So this is the contingent. This is a small group of people is who you have a problem with. And this story kind of makes it clear to me that you don't, have a problem with you know thinking black people are not deserving, you just have a problem with them being there because if everybody was white, then apparently you wouldn 't be doing any investigation because there hasn 't been until this point into who 's a legacy, who got in by you know honest means who didn 't and so that is my thing that affirmative the affirmative action debate has always been suspect to me because. Minorities are still so underrepresented at these places that I just wanted to be like, so like, how many do you think should be there? And the answer is none. Like, you want to be in all white spaces. That is, that's how I feel about this. But I mean, I remember walking down the street wearing a Princeton hoodie. And Princeton is a very small town. It's very central to the campus. Like, as a student, you don't even leave that much. There's not that much... There's not really anything off. When I was there, there's like a towel that's off campus. Nothing for you to shop at. Now there's an Urban Outfitters. I was like, bitches, and a Mac. I would have been just fast. And like, I'm glad there wasn't a Mac and an Urban Outfitters. I just would have been Daisy Dukes all day. But I'm walking, you know, you're walking around in a hoodie, and someone's like, Do you go to Rutgers? And it's like, Why are you asking me why I'm here? Why are you here? You don't even go here. What gives you the right? And so I'm so fascinated by this. There's just, yeah. So I have always said that there is affirmative action for white people. And, you know, people used to say that and they meant... The fact that you had a leg up. Like, we are always pretend, play the nut role nowadays and pretend like we don't know why affirmative action started. It started to level a playing field or write something that was wrong. So, how like how is it a leg up if, if the whole reason it exists is that you started behind, you know? So, I'm, I, I wonder do we have to play this mental twister and pretend like we don't know what's what anymore? The sky is up, the sky is blue. Like, can we just now acknowledge that? we know that not only was is being white, period, an advantage, that the wealth is like completely overrepresented. And I did want, want to understand that when I was in college. Because Princeton has a huge endowment. If you get in, your financial aid is all loans. And that's one thing I wish people understood more, is because there's so much hype about the rich people at elite schools and the price tag. However, there are schools that cost more than, that cost much more than these schools. And people don't really know about it. And now I'm like, OK. This reputation that the school is not affordable comes a lot, I think, from just the vast majority of people that are the ones that are having, you know, have the most visibility who are able to pay out of pocket. And I always wondered what the connection was between being extremely wealthy and being smart. I didn't get it. Like, I didn't understand. I'm not extremely wealthy. Like, my friend, the homegirl who got into Harvard from my class is from the projects. Like, I was like, why why are the rich people so overrepresented here? Again, it's not because of the cost of school because the financial aid package is amazing. So how are these disproportionately the people that are here? And why? Um, I mean, and there's socioeconomic reasons for that for sure. Um, Like, you know, who's seeking out college? I mean, you could kind of start there. But once you peel back all the layers, it just becomes such a... A clusterfuck like I think there's just so many things to disentangle in the way we look at this but for me it clarified like some characters that I met like I was just like I don't see it for you I don't see what this was <laughs> and then what it ex- to hear that people think that they someone's walking around thinking they got a perfect test score and they didn't I mean, ans- things have been answered for me. Things have been clarified for me. Like, again, of course, SAT is not a measure of your intelligence, but can you just imagine, like, anything? Take something you're passionate at and imagine that you weren't really, you can't really do it, but, you, but someone tricked you into thinking you could. Like, how, like, what a disparity between your actions and reality. Like, you're just walking around here cocky and confident and out of your depth. And that is what I encountered a lot. And... I don't know. Maybe I sound like a fool, but it's it's just crazy how this thing is both surprising and not surprising at the same time. I mean, I think what is surprising is the specificity. Is the receipts. We have receipts now. We have receipts of something that we always knew and I'm very interested in the next steps forward because I don't want there to be just me and my friends bitching, you know, to each other about this. I don't want there just to be like cackling and be like rich people suck. I want there to be I already told you, I want there to be like a dismantling of society. It's a little too much. Like maybe I'd sound crazy, but I just, I feel like we have to burn shit down and start over, man. We have to question all of these assumptions and just start over. Who is deserving of this? Who deserves to be here? Why is a system like this? I basically just, you already know if you listen that I get annoyed with America as thinking it's like the only first world country that has figured things out. I don't know why we can't just steal some stuff like from Europe, like every college should be free and everybody should be able to go if they want to. Um, But the last thing that was an interesting question was raised is just like, why were these parents doing this, right? Like you want the best for your kid, but studies have shown that if you are already very, very wealthy, college is not going to Put you into the next socioeconomic bracket, there ain't no, what's the next socioeconomic bracket when you're at the top? Ain't nowhere else to go. Where are you going to go? If you can't go to Bella Noche, where can you go? Like, it's, so what is it then? It's just the status? Lori Laughlin and Massimo Gianuli said that they wanted their daughters to go to school because they didn't go to college. Um, so they just wanted their daughters to go. I mean, and there's a whole other conversation for another episode about, control, parental control, molding your kids, forcing them to do stuff. Like the difference between wanting something for your kids and like making them do it is so, it's subtle. And it's like, at what point do you realize you, you you have a human who's a separate human now? Let them do what they want. Let the girl be on YouTube and make videos. You're already rich. You're already rich. This isn't for play play. There are people trying to do this to better their lives. And move into a realm of new opportunity to meet people that they've never met before, to be in spaces that they'd never been included in before. And you're over here talking about, let me build my daughter like a fantasy draft dorm room, pimp my dorm, and let her take some pictures and go to some football games. I'm like, why don't you just write her a sitcom, Friday Night Lights Part 2, and let her star? Like, it would have been more efficient. College isn't even all... I don't know. I didn't go to sports games. But... I'm going to wrap this up by saying that I'm appalled and disgusted. And I just feel for all of my minority friends, students across the world, across the country that have ever been doubted, that ever had to fight a little harder. Um, You know, the guidance counselor at my school told my little sister, like, don't apply to Cornell. You won't get in. You should apply to Ithaca. Bitch, who are, why? Who are you? Who are you talking to? Of course, my sister got into Cornell. She turned away people I know from NYU. I mean, this is a story that has been happening time and memoriam. It's just some of us are lucky enough to have parents that will come clap back at your ass and have the time. And I'm, I was blessed that my parents had the time. They could take off of work. They could leave because they were in charge of stuff. They weren't gonna not have a paycheck if they took the time to drive down to the school and be like, "So, did you just say what to my daughter? You told her this. I I'll, I never remember. I got like a C in art class or something. And I'm first of all, I'm great at drawing. I do the cover up for this podcast. Thank you. And the teacher was just like, "Oh, a C is a good grade." And my mom took out a photo of me and was like, "Do you even know who she is?" Like. People will give you, as a person of color, nonsense. And you are just waiting out of it all day, every day. Like, that's our job. It takes so much. It takes a whole frickin' village to be, to make it anywhere. And, and so much luck and so much opportunity and so much timing. So I just told you the story of everything it took for me to have my broken microphone propped up in a box of Kleenex that I cut a hole out of the top of and made an impromptu mic stand. And so just multiply that. That's all it took for me to be here in this moment. So then how are we gonna catch up with Aunt Becky? Lastly, I do want to thank George Lopez for the meme that just said, hmm, parents forging documents to get a better life for their children? Huh. Food for thought Food for thought about the black women That went to jail For saying that their kids Lived in a different neighborhood than they did So that they could go to a school For years And they they couldn't post bail So let's just Let's have a moment of silence for them You A conscientious consumer That wants naturally derived Healthy hair We got you we're Lemonhead. Lemonhead is a company that gives you all your hair care needs but only use ethically sourced organic ingredients. Like acai, quinoa,
0: lemon, goji berries, matcha, almond milk, walnut milk, oat milk, walnut milk, milk milk. Almond the milks, milk, 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 milk. Quinoa, 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 did we say quinoa? Now you may be wondering
1: how we tested these ingredients to find out if they really work for your hair. The answer is, we didn't. We saw that people like to drink these things in their healthy smoothies and such, and so we thought, well, if we smush it on our bodies and faces and hair, it can't be that bad. Right? Now remember, there's two types of chemicals. The chemicals that are naturally occurring in the Earth's crust, that may be on the periodic table of elements and have long names. Those are the scary chemicals. Stay away from those. We only want the chemicals that come from things that grow on trees. So take a lemon, smush it in your head, and you're halfway there. Lemon head. For the natural, luscious, pony-like hair you desire. Maybe, but also genetics really help with that. Gail King continues to do Really painful journalistic work and interview people associated with R. Kelly and the scandal and the crimes that he has committed since he is a serial criminal. Um, she interviewed the parents of Azriel Clary, who was one of the people that was allegedly being kept by him, kidnapped. I mean, the exact terminology under which she's held is unclear but I mean we all know it's dicey if we have a brain. Um, so she met Kelly when she was 17 and her parents said that they thought that she would he would launch her singing career. So three days after meeting he wanted her to meet him in a hotel room for an audition and I've never been into a hotel room for an audition but I've been invited to a hotel lobby and considered it. And I can see how that would lead to the room. Um, He assured the parents that it was normal. And again, that sort of grooming saying, this is just how it is. This is how the business is. Are you going to block your daughter for an opportunity? So I don't think it's smart, but I can also see how you get confused into thinking certain things because it's like, I don't know. Maybe you're assuming that someone isn't a rapist that likes to sleep with little girls because you're not into that. So you just kind of think they're not. I mean, thinking, being naive, thinking the best of things. And now these parents are really beating themselves up for it and feel like they've failed the most important person in their life. Um, So then R. Kelly wanted Azriel, who was 17, to join the tour full time. Who does that remind us of? It almost reminds me of Michael Jackson, who had, like, five-year-olds on tour with him. But then I'm getting messages from certain people like Antoine that that's normal and that's okay and Michael Jackson wasn't a pedophile, whatever, whatever. I digress. But, yeah, um... So I think it's interesting that, again, the black community being as frantically in opposition with itself as we like to be are saying that these parents are stupid and you know who I really have a problem with is the parents because they shouldn't have done this they shouldn't done that of 17-year-old girls that want to go on tour. But then when it comes to R. Kelly, I mean, sorry, when it comes to Michael Jackson, they're just like, <sighs> chomp, 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 ASMR. I'm Just eating crab legs and being silent. Yeah, like... Why don't you also feel like it was crazy to let Michael Jackson go on tour with kids? Like people keep finding their ways around that, but I'll let you guys figure that inconsistency out for yourself. Um, So this girl, Azrael had a suicide attempt for a before way before she met R Kelly from a breakup. Um, And so we know like we've all been teenagers. I hope there are no teenagers listening to the show. So I'm going to say we were all teenagers in the past and Those emotions, those hormones, they're crazy. Like, the first time I had my heart really broken, I did think I was going to die. Like, I hadn't experienced heartbreak before. Your heart, the first time was probably my father. When my father passed away, um, I, I was, like, clutching my heart. I was like, oh, my God, like, heart... And after that, I was like, heartbreak is not just a metaphor. And so once the pathways to real pain are open and someone gets in there and you love dies hurts you whatever so i can imagine i can extrapolate how you could be driven there as a teenager however i'm thankfully i i had like kind of like the support to not really you know take anything that far as a teenager to not quite take it there but she had a suicide attempt and so this girl threatened to commit suicide or run away if her parents didn't let her go and she said her parents were like the parents, excuse me, said to Gail That, you know, she was about to turn 18 And they they were in this kind of crossroads Which I've alluded to With the other parents in the cheating scandal That not enough parents come to That, oh, someone is an adult now And, like, I can I can't exactly, like, control them, you know I don't really know what they could have done To keep her at home after she's legal So... The thing that I, the reason I want to focus though on that she had a suicide attempt prior to meeting R. Kelly is because with R. Kelly, people keep acting like just like whatever happens to you is okay. I love when we take this like laissez-faire attitude to being alive and human and children. Like we're just devoid of empathy for other people. But that's what it takes to defend and support our celebrities. So when people saw this segment about the girl running away... A lot of the comments online were like, well, she wasn't kidnapped. Wait, wait, wait a minute. It sounds to me like she left of her own free will. Yes, bitch, it does sound that way because that is what we said. However, that doesn't mean it's okay. So if an unstable teenager tells her parents, hey, I'm going to commit suicide, if you don't let this guy who met I met and put a whirlwind mind spell on me, told me that it was normal to come to my come to his hotel room for an audition. Who knows what lies he told me. He told me I'm going to get famous. If you don't let really run away with him, I'm going to kill myself. And you're like, well, sounds like good decisions to me. No. He's preying on vulnerable people. That is the message that we keep trying to teach people is nuance. Okay? And just having some kind of common sense and empathy and knowing that you wouldn't want that to happen to you or your daughter okay? Bad things happen to people. People people make bad decisions, and then bad people also take advantage of those bad decisions. It's a circle of bad decisions, okay? And the bad people just jump in there. I can't stand this thread and this way people get on the soapbox when we talk about things like sexual abuse, sexual violence, and blah, blah, blah. And if it's not a stranger that looks like you know Jason in a mask that came and dragged you out of your bed in the middle of the night then everything else that happens to you is fine and even if that did happen they'd probably be like well I don't know why you didn't have triple locks on your door and you should have not ever stood in the mirror and said candy man three times that's why that ghost got your ass like it's just too much where is the compassion where is the compassion Where's the understanding? You're not perfect. None of us are perfect. We've all been in vulnerable situations before. So anyway, um, they, the other th- interesting thing is like, just we're kind of getting some glimpse of the kind of basic sex trafficking-ish type stuff that was going on. Because what, what's, what trick does this remind me of? They tricked the parents into thinking that this girl had a chaperone on tour with her. So you can say what you want about parents being irresponsible and, well, I would go stay with my daughter. I would never make sure she went anywhere alone and whatever, whatever. But when people have money and power and they tell you, hey, this is the way things are and this is normal and, you know, she has a chaperone who's a woman named Valerie Payton. You know, you're 17. You go off to college at that time too. Like, she was supposed to stay with this woman who had said that she worked for the label, but she had never worked for the label. She worked privately for R. Kelly. So that, to me, that's where I'm like, okay, you, you made a devil's contract for these people to literally sign something saying that you're, this lady could take care of your daughter. That's to me where I'm like, no wonder he sat up in that first interview talking about, why would somebody sell their daughter to me? Um, excuse me, Mr. Kelly. Like, I didn't, no one said that. Are you, are you saying that people sold their daughter to Yeah, so... That's what it is. And the money part just makes it annoying because you can look backwards and say that everything anyone did was for money. Well, yeah, they they thought they were going to get money. They wanted their daughter to be famous and get money. They thought if they work with someone, they could get money. Like, we all want money. It's not... Just because a promise of money is involved of something or someone is trying to do something to make money doesn't mean you get to go back and be like, and that's why I killed your baby because you wanted money. Like you can't, it doesn't mean anything goes, but we always do this to poor people, right? Like we go back and I say poor, meaning not rich. I think they, you know, I don't know their exact e- income and economic status. I mean, shit, our Kelly is probably poor against this scale now. I'm just saying like, the money thing trips everyone up with victims, with the sexual assault victims come forward. Well, they just want money. Da, da, da. We all need, last time I checked, we needed it to be alive. So are you telling me if something horrible doesn't happen to me, I'm, I'm going off onto the sex abuse tangent now. Like, I'm just not supposed to take money. Like, I need therapy for the rest of my life, but I won't take this money. So the bitches on the internet don't say that I only came forward for this, with this information, like, for the money. Fuck out of here with that! It's amazing how, like, regular income poor people, and including myself, like, we all try to keep each other poor, right? Monitoring what each other gets, and then rich people over here buying universities. Like, I tell you, we have our priorities a little bit backward. Um, we've talked a lot about parenting this episode, and I have a great parenting story that I wanted to, to share. There was something circulating online that I saw. Um, Angry Dad brings AK-47 to school because his kid called crying. Now, I didn't even read where it was from, but like as I was like typing the story in my notes to share with you guys, I added that he was from Florida because I was just like, it sounds like he would be from Florida. And then I clicked back over and I was like, yeah, he's from Florida. So... The police arrested this man because he brought an AK-47 to his son's middle school, and his son called him and said that someone like slammed him and that someone was being a teacher. So he called him upset, and the dad, who's 27 years old, arrived in a wheelchair but had an AK-47 sticking out of his pocket and told the school workers that they would all be dead if they didn't let him speak with his son he was yelling and screaming you're going to need more than what you got because of what I got he also said I want to see the guy who slammed my son I've got something for him Um, I'm getting these quotes from ABC News and I don't really know what to say I mean we say we want parents to be more involved and then when they get involved we arrest them What would Felicity Huffman do? The only real reality TV I watched this week was Real Housewives of Atlanta. I mean, other than the news. And Nene's still not sorry that she ripped a producer's shirt in half. She's really not taking it back. Um, Apparently, Portia got grabbed, too, in the closet. But she's kind of... She said, if I talk about it, friendships will be ruined. I'm like how can a friendship be ruined because you talk about being attacked by someone and not because they actually attacked you? That sounds like an abusive relationship to me if it's like this is our little like unspoken game like you're going to push me around but I can't acknowledge or remember that you pushed me around cuz that would be the problem. I was like you need to do something about that if that's what it means to be friends with Nini. But the other delightful part was just the whole like Redux like after this thing happens we're going to do 15 different locations where we rehash the events so then Candy and Portia meet up to discuss what happened they don't like each other they literally actively still don't like each other but because they both got attacked in the closet now their friends are going to sit and bond and talk about it together that was annoying because for me, I have kind of enjoyed how Candy has stood really firm in her word. Like, I don't see it for you. I'm famous. I don't have to interact with you. I just really don't see it for you anymore. But I guess that's over now because they have a they have to combine forces against a bigger villain or something. Um, Candy's sex show, burlesque show, whatever was going on, I'm here for it. I hope it tours. I will be in it. Like, I want to work with Candy one day. please. I hope it's union when it comes. I hope it's equity, and I can be a part of it. I don't know. Just make it happen, Candy, please make it happen. She's a lot freakier than I realize like she's I realized she was freaky, but I think I don't know. I just saw like receipts like oh you're not you're not just talking the talk. you're kind of walking the walk now, and I live, I live. um What else did I like about this episode that Candy turned the sex dungeon? Concept from seasons ago Into a real show And she's like ha ha It's something you were talking about Portia and Now I made it into a show But like it just made me re-remember That's not a word I mean the word is remember So what I really wanted to say It made me relive Thank you It made me relive like How ridiculous it was That the whole sex dungeon Got translated into like So like a sex dungeon Is supposed to be like a room or something, like, where you keep your toys and if you're into kinky shit and BDSM and stuff. Like, it's not an actual dungeon. It doesn't mean you, like, dug out a moat around your basement and you have, like, a dragon guarding it and wizards. Like, so Portia, with her whole Amelia Bedelia, literal simple-minded, you know, again, this is a person who thought that the Underground Railroad was actual trains. You guys are not followers of the Real Housewives of Atlanta, Portia Williams, whose grandfather was like, marched with Martin Luther King, like she thought the Underground Railroad was trains. I don't, I don't understand that. I don't know. You have to talk to her about that. But the point is that she made it like because Candy is into like kinky shit or maybe swinging or having threesomes. Sometimes she made. I think Candy said she'd had them like twice with her husband she drags people and, like, kidnaps them and takes them to the dungeon, like a like a bridge troll. And it only just now... <laughs> it just... It, for some reason, seeing the show just hit me, like, oh, dungeon, dungeon. How did this rumor get started? Oh, because Portia, like, literally thought dungeon meant, like, like a castle, like you're a prisoner. But if she wasn't so dumb, like... First of all, she's so beautiful. Like, we can't have everything. She's stunning. I like to look at her. Never seen weaves like that. First of your weave names. You're you're the mother of weaves. Like, go. But I just, I don't get it. But, I mean, the show would not be fun without her. So, at this point, this is where we are. Um, Eva's wedding, I don't want to hear about it anymore. I she, She's just making a wedding sound like, A horrible, horrible thing to go through And I've always had these mixed feelings about weddings Maybe So here's the thing I had this distinct thought Like I love a fucking good party, right? I love an opening night for like a bougie show Things like that Pass me the hors d'oeuvres Like I love events, okay? I don't want to be in charge of it That doesn't sound That doesn't sound fun Like unless I have like no budget at all Because my imagination is just out there Is that out there that like I don't think if I had any constraints or any, like, feelings about it, maybe I need to go marry Mia Massimo because otherwise I don't really see myself, like, being stressed over something and, like, spending the down payment of a house on feeding some people. I, I I don't know. I'll elope. Like, when she was collapsing into that, she did that, like, slide-down-the-wall cry that they usually do in the Lifetime movies, like, in the shower, about her third wedding dress and then when she found the dress that she wanted, it was like, this is how I want it to feel. I was like, I could have made you that, and I don't even sew. It's just a poofy dress. Like, they got they got those, girl. They got a lot of them. I hope that that's just where you are with your storyline contrivances because it makes you look like a fool. It's, I'm not into it. I haven't done an internet meme takedown in a minute, and I there was this other one that was so disg- i just reject the premise it was a picture of i was going to look up the dude that actually posted this and flame him but it was shit reshared into a group i'm in and it said it had a picture of a curvy like nice looking woman with her like wearing a bodycon dress with her booty popping and it's like you're in a room with her it's dark there are condoms next to the bed and then she whispers I'm only 14, what do you do? And I was like, is the premise of this question that every time sex is possible, it has to happen? Like, I don't understand the premise. Is the premise that any opening your penis could fit into, you should put it inside of? Because then you could also be like, you're in the room by yourself. There's an electric socket. What do you do? Yes, the person who wrote this meme could probably fit their penis into an electric socket. I don't get it. And I maybe I'm just really far away from the mentality that, it's, that it you know would have to be lie, but what do you mean? It's a 14-year-old, so you leave, call her parents, Ask her why she's in a hotel room by herself. Like, the fact that it was supposed to represent temptation of any kind was astounding to me. Like, I'm not comparing, like, I don't want to compare, like, I don't know, rape and murder. Maybe it's a fine comparison. I don't know. One murders the psyche. But, like, it's just like saying, like, someone's asleep. There's a knife next to you. Do you stab them just to see what it looks like? because you watched Hannibal a bunch of times and then eat their leg. No, you probably don't do anything. You probably just put the knife back in the drawer because why is it out? Where are you? You know, like, (sighs) whoo child, like anyone can get onto the internet and then they reveal to you the types of things that they think about and then you know you should stay away from them. So I'm not even going to go any further into that. I've already flamed my community as I keep doing. And it's just a very personal like dialogue I keep having where I'm not... I didn't know we had this many like rape apologists and creeps. And as someone who's an artist... And I'm circling back to the art thing because obviously that meme is related to uh, all the things that have been going on in the media. But just like, I'm like, damn, I wish... Y'all niggas liked art less, like, or something. Like, I didn't know. I don't like anyone enough to forgive all of these things that we keep talking about. I really don't. My siblings, probably the only people that I would be like, nah, nah, they didn't do nothing. Nope, nope. Like, they could, like, punch someone in the face and be like, you didn't see that. It was, might have been on camera, but it didn't happen. Like, yes, I would go to town for my siblings like that. But other than that, not a stranger. Not someone that made some music I grinded to at prom? No. No. Just no. I don't know, maybe it's my Catholic guilt. Like, I just grew up thinking, like, you're gonna go to hell for this and that and, like, right and wrong. Like, I was super intensely goody two shoes since we're just talking all about my childhood and getting to my pathology. I don't know. I just wasn't raised to think that no one is, like, disposable. Or should be taken off of a certain peg Like once I find out something awful about them But like I I don't know uh, Good to know that The community will always forgive you If you fuck up Like I don't know how to read this But it's just like Can we just let some of this stuff go? So I To end with a funnier meme um, Dr. Nay, this girl on Twitter, Dr. soon doctor of pharmacy, former fat girl, athlete, Detroit. She said, y'all, I'm out on a date with this guy and another guy at a table paid for our bill and left his number with the waiter. LMAO, disrespectful, question mark? Okay. I mean, yes, it's disrespectful to the to the date that you're on, but... Everyone answered as if she said, I'm out with my husband and blah, blah, blah. She said, I'm out on a date with this guy. I mean, what, what, is the, what is the question here? Take the other guy's number. You're dating. Put him on the roster. Like, why are we adding all this loyalty to this guy? Like, everyone's all like, I hate the internet. I hate online dating. I just want to meet people in person. Well, you just met someone in person. So add him to the roster. Stop making it a logic puzzle. Like, people were so mad in the comments talking about women are grimy, like, how can you accept this? How can I accept this? Uh, someone stood up and, and shot their shot. I don't, they shot their shot. Like, you don't have to make your date feel, I mean, certainly with your date, you tell them like, oh my gosh, that's so rude. You know, if you care, I don't know, I don't know your relationship with this person at this point. If you care about them, you know, help their ego feel better. Be like, well, that's awkward laugh about it, and then call him later. Like, it's not... There's no loyalty until there's loyalty. So, you know, it just depends on where you are with your situation. But that has happened to me before. I didn't pay the whole bill, but I definitely was on a date where someone got my attention, waited till, like, I was leaving, and told me, like, hey, you look bored on your date. Can I take you out? And I went... I mean... He he made a big effort throughout the whole time to like wait around and get my attention. Like I was like, "Sure, whatever. Like I'll go out with you." Why? If, if people are going to sh- submit an application, I will review it. I don't see the problem with that. We have people going on about side chicks and men cheating and all the dirt and then women are like, "I don't know if I can accept another date. Was that disrespectful?" Girl, if you don't just go out to eat with this fool, please. It's called a Gmail calendar. One person is on Thursday, one person's on Friday. Set yourself a reminder that dinner's free both nights. That's it. All right, listeners, that's it for this week. Stay classy. I suspect that next week will be even more eventful as we're going to find out more details about a couple different things. These interviews are going to continue to come out. More crazy tiger parents Are going to be arrested Probably Um, Let's see who drops out of school Let's see who stays It's just like the lord of the flies in here Cake and Kombucha is a production By me, Kilechi AZA It's recorded in New York City In various little nooks and crannies The music you've heard this episode is by Melanie J.B. Charles. If you like what you hear, hit up Melanie J.B. Charles on Spotify or check out her website for live concert dates and more. Cake and Kombucha is a labor of love. It is indie. And the way that we get more traction is if you subscribe, subscribe, subscribe. So please find us on Apple, Spotify, SoundCloud, subscribe, share with your friends, and send me an email at cakeandkombucha at gmail.com and let me know what you think and what you want to talk about. I look forward to hearing from you. Bye-bye.